0: This is Daniel Figella and it's Tuesday, so you know what that means. It means we're covering use cases again on the AI and Business podcast. Every single Tuesday, that's what we do, one of the most fun parts of my job, and we cover this week something we haven't covered before, conversational interfaces. By that, of course, I'm joking. We've covered conversational interfaces before, but what we haven't covered is conversational interfaces for salespeople. Those of you who've ever managed salespeople or maybe know a salesperson in your family or friend circle know that they don't really like to be bogged down inside software systems. It's notoriously tough to get salespeople to enter the right information in the right places and file away things, right? They want to do what they're good at, which is selling. They want to be face-to-face with customers, not in their tech systems. So how do we streamline what they're doing with chatbots, with virtual agents, with conversational interfaces. Well, that's the focus of this episode. And we interview this week Gilad Turban of Aptis, uh, who's recently merged with Conga. Uh, Aptis is a leading quote-to-cash uh, company. They work with big enterprises on accounts receivable, and they've they've recently merged with a firm called Conga. Uh, Gilad heads up a number of their AI initiatives, and he explains this week what they're working on for conversational interfaces with sales folks. The idea of better sales software has been around for a couple decades now, but the idea of layering on AI is still the Wild West to some degree. There's a lot of interesting potential use cases. It'll be neat to see which ones evolve and move forward, but this is a use case I thought you all should hear about. So we're going to dive into this episode if you are interested in our full library of use cases. I know many of our listeners are here because you really want to be able to have a library of use cases to plug into whatever your business situation is. Some of you are innovation leaders and you need to be able to have this stuff on deck to be able to use and leverage to potentially add business value. I know we have a lot of consultants and service providers who tune in, who really want a breadth of use cases that they can use with their customers. They can find an instance and a workflow and say, hey, I know what to fit in there. If a use case library is of value to you, then be sure to check out Emerge Plus. The podcast is really just the tip of the iceberg of all the use cases that we have in Emerge.com slash plus. You can also go to just emerj.com slash P1, that's P as in plus, and then the number one, and you can learn more about Emerge+. Plus. This is all of our use cases. This is our AI white paper library, as well as our full list of AI best practices, which includes infographics and frameworks for AI ROI, AI adoption, and anything else you'd need to make the business case. For AI. So if you want more on use cases and also more tools to put this stuff in action, check out emerj.com slash p1. That's that's where you'll learn more about Emerge Plus, and you'll be able to get a sense of whether that might be a fit for you. We've got hundreds of folks now who've joined the program. I know many of you are listening in right now. If you're not already a member, at least learn more, emerj.com slash p1. Without further ado, this is Gilad with Aptis, which has recently merged with Conga, here on the AI in Business podcast. So Gilad, uh, we're going to talk about a use case for kind of conversational interfaces, but within a, a very uh, a very interesting and bounded sort of domain of people on the go who are looking for information, aiming to move tasks forward. Can you describe the current process as it is? Salespeople sending quotes, looking for info, kind of what that general business problem and process is today at, to start us off?
1: Yeah, for sure. So... Think of a salesperson that goes into the first meeting with a customer and the meeting went great, and the customer says, All right, in order for us to proceed, we need to sign an NDA. Think of how much time this takes today, right? Because usually you can't really go into the system and get one yourself. You'd usually reach out to your sales ops or legal ops, and you'll do some email back and forth or call them. And then sometime a week later, you'd usually get that document in your inbox. Or let's assume that the customer says, hey, you know what? We said 15 licenses. Can you just get me that same quote with 20? Yeah, yeah. Think about the time that it takes to go open your laptop, make the change, go through the approvals, all of that type of stuff, and then regenerate and send it out. That's where the pain is at, especially since most salespeople are on the go. Now, somebody would say COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out that people still use mobile, even when they're at home. Think about you waking up in the morning. The first thing that most people do, guilty as charged, is they wake up and they look at their phone to see what happened overnight and was my contract finally, finally approved so I can send it out. Yeah, yeah. And doing that through your phone is still extremely relevant, even during COVID.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we won't be here forever (laughs) anyway. And probably some yeah. salespeople are so used to being on their phone, they're like pacing back and forth in their yard just to you know, get the old, uh, <laughs> the old vibe back and feel like they're out there back at the office yeah, like the sure. clients or something. So, um, okay. So people who, you know, sales folks on the go, they need to change contracts. They need to find information about a certain client that they might be yeah. interacting with. What is this kind of bounded set of, of kind of to do's? Cause I, I know we're going to talk about where AI fits in. So yeah. um, update a contract find information about a client or a contract. Um, Are there a couple other quick ones that are really important here that they often have to do?
1: Yeah, it, it turns out they're actually, so people refer to those as the CRUD operations. Let me not use the technical term because it just sounds weird. The ability to quickly create or at least get started with specific types of records, so new agreements or requesting them, or new quotes, or at least getting started. The ability to find information, that's the R, that's the read. So, hey, was contract X approved? What's the status or what's the end date on quote Y? When does it expire? So that's the read, the updates, making those quick tweaks to the system. So, okay, change the number of licenses from X to Y, or you know what, push the expiration date on this quote to the end of the quarter. All, all of that type of stuff. That's the update, and then deleting. We haven't seen as many of those, but I couldn't say just cross. So <laughs> that's the full acronym.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wow. So th- this is i uh, I've never heard this acronym before. Is this internal for you guys, or is this just a an enterprise no, no, sales uh, term? It's actually a. Now,
1: I, now you can see I'm a developer originally. It's a, it's a software development term Got of it. how you work with the uh, databases and other systems. Yeah.
0: Okay, so this kind of task, these tend to be the tedious stuff that has to happen on the fly that eats up time, might slow our communication with a client, and we don't want that to happen. Exactly. Okay, so currently the way it happens is they've got to flip up their laptop to export that doc, or they've got to call somebody at the office to get that information that maybe they don't have, these sorts of things.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, a lot of the systems that exist today revolve around Getting So even if you look at Salesforce, which, by the way, amazing company and amazing products, right? but if you open their mobile app, you get a wealth of information, but it's all geared towards showing you the world, showing you all the information that exists, as opposed to you as the salesperson, especially on the go, are interested in getting just the right amount of information at the just right time, and not before and not after, and being able to quickly act on it and that's the paradigm that we actually went with. Finding what's the right of information to show, when's the right time to show it, and being able to take just the relevant next action. That's how we're thinking about it, that's how we can find that world, and specifically made it relevant and doable using AI and other pieces on top of it, especially around user experience. Got
0: it. Okay. So yeah, we can talk now about where AI fits into this because there's, there's so much here, right? In some, in some magical future world, we have some amazing Siri on ridiculous steroids who I just talk something to, pumps out a new contract. I, want to, you know, book a new meeting, I want to check my flight my, you know, whatever the case may be. So some some genie, right? And at some point that yep. genie actually makes the damn sales. Uh, but we're luckily you and I probably have 40 years before that happens, I think, if I'm estimating correctly. So, in terms of what's realistic today for a conversational interface to help with those CRUD tasks that you've articulated, where does it come in? Where can that use case actually sort of deliver some value for these folks on the go?
1: It's all about speed. It's all about making it Possible for you as the sales rep to move the ball one step forward or two steps forward. The way we keep on thinking about it is first of all, we need to address the user where they are at on mobile in whichever system they're using. So if you think about it, if you look at salespeople today, you see a split. The one thing that we're doing is meeting the users where they're at. And if you think about it, there are two options today. One is you use whichever tools your company tells you in terms of actual system tools. So if the company tells you use Salesforce One mobile app, great, you'll just use that. Other option is you use whichever communication channels your company has. You have Slack, you're going to use that because that's where a lot of salespeople live. Same applies for Microsoft Teams. That's what we saw what happened in the last couple of months around that and the explosion of Teams. So first thing is for us to meet the users where they're at when they're on the go. Teams, Slack, Salesforce One, we are there. That's where people interact. The second piece is, okay, let's give you just the right amount of information, notify you when something happened in the system that requires your attention. So, okay, it's the end of the quarter. It's, let's say it's June 30th, and you're waiting to close this really, really big deal, but it's still pending on the VP for approvals. You wanna know the second that the VP approved that quote that, okay, finally I can send it out. So we will notify you, done. Hey, person X, approve this quote. Would you like to generate that quote and send it out to the customer? So it's always about notifying and then letting you take the logical next step right here from the system without needing to open your laptop. And Again, since we know the user, we know their preferences, and we know the system, we already know all the relevant setup, so no learning curve. You don't need to say, use this template and that template and set this setting, you don't need to know all of that.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's walk through maybe two instances of what this could do sure. again. And because when before we started recording, I, I let you know my overt skepticism of all like sort of like ask it a question in open language and it'll take an action for you. It's like mm, I've done seen a lot of companies bigger than you not do so good with that. So uh, I, I always I always look for bounded realities, realistic use cases that I actually could could believe are, are working in the world. You guys have been working on this for quite some time. So what's what's one example? of something where this sort of flowing conversational question within a Slack or a Microsoft Teams could lead to the kind of action we're, we're looking for? What's, what's maybe one good one?
1: Absolutely. So let's take that quote-related one that we talked about. Sure, sure. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So I, and we don't even need to look at the whole flow. Hey, I've been working on this quote for a while. It's now in approvals. I'm waiting to see what's going on with, uh, with the approvals in the system. So first thing first, the system will notify me saying, hey, it's been three days and person X has not yet done anything about this. Do you want to poke them? Do you want to email them, reach out, do whatever? You're on your phone, so you can do whatever. But the fact that I am reminding you of that, that's one. Then finally, the process is finished. Then the system will again notify you and tell you, hey, now the process is finished. I know what the next logical step is. You can always ask me for more information or see what they said. So we will always give you both that natural language piece, and also the quick action buttons, the ones that will just quickly you can go through and navigate, and we'll enable you to generate the relevant quote, and then send it out for signatures for the customer using whatever it is, Adobe, DocuSign, CongaSign, all of those. The power, the real power behind this is natural language understanding, which is part of what we do, is very broad. And as you said, you can't really rely on you boiling the ocean and being able to do it well. But when you constrain it to our domain, when you constrain it to uh, contract lifecycle management, when you constrain it to, to quote management... And within that domain, you build additional layers on top of it that are all about understanding business speak, understanding how salespeople speak, and specifically how they talk about contract lifecycle management and about quotes. That's where things become powerful, and that's where it's feasible.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you know, when I think about Alexa, for example, seems really open-ended, uh, and and but but. Honestly, it's it's not conversing with me. I'm not going to be able to have a conversation about uh Correct. that Joker movie. I never watched. Still haven't seen it. But uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to, like go, go into something like that with 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 Alexa. But but you know, it'll, it'll order me batteries. It'll play a mu- It'll play music, whatever. Yep. But that's because it, it's just detecting intent. But their bounded yes. reality is you know obviously very very broad for a B 2 C same bread,
1: not a lot of depth.
0: Yeah, not a lot of depth. Yeah, exa- because you can't. We're be. exactly the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. And even depth though is really hard. I mean, no matter how narrow you go, man, I mean, it's, it's depth is really, really tough, but regardless, you're able to constrain how many initial messages, you know, could come in yep. and, and then interpret intent, the, the something, something quote for the something, something account. And it'll sort of assume, okay, who's sending this message? What accounts are they managing? Which one are they talking about? And then mm-hmm. be able to kind of know what that is. So intent interpretation on, on some level. The taking of actions though, the like replace this with that or whatever, that feels really, really tough for a machine to know where in this, you know, word doc to remove X and put in Y. I mean, this stuff feels kind of spaceman level far out compared to where, where, where we are today. How does that stuff get done? The taking action feels harder than interpreting and then suggesting options. Cool. Here's what I heard. Here's what you can do. That's NLP possible. You're talking about going a little bit of a step farther. So here are a couple of things we learned.
1: First of all, that first layer that you were talking about actually was originally harder than the taking action. And the reason was that the natural language engines that exist out there, and by the way, most of them are awesome. We're using several different ones. We're good at identifying intent and entities, but being able to take it to the next level and understand the business speak, that's where we came in. It's only when we introduced our own proprietary layers where if a business person says, hey, I need to see all my quotes that are expiring before EOQ. Okay. I did not name, okay, which actual field I'm talking about. I just said expiring. Trust me, there's no field in Salesforce called expiring. And I did not mention the date. I just said EOQ. But since our own layer knows, okay, what day is today, we know the business speak, and we know the configuration for that specific company, that their fiscal quarter ends, let's say it ends July 31st, like ours does, as opposed to the typical June 30th. So we know all of that, and we understand and we know how to translate your query into an actual thing that you can run against the system and get the results back. So that's how we did that first layer. The actions one that you were talking about is all about containing the type of actions that are doable and telling the user, hey, I understand what you're asking for. That one I don't support, but here's the reference to the manual on how to do this in the system. This is a game about trust. If people can trust that I can do one thing well, They'll keep on coming back as long as if I try something else, the system won't crash. It won't give me a bad error or something. It'll tell me, I understood. I just don't support it yet. And I'll add that feature in the, in the future. But that's how we did update. So we started by basic dates. Then we focused on making quick changes in the cart, specifically around, quote, cart. That's the term we're using. So specific number of licenses for a specific product in a deal or a specific discount that you're applying for one of the line items. So it's very specific. It's the typical use cases that are the ones that people do quickly and on the go. Think of a customer. They would tell you, actually, we don't need 20 licenses. We need 25. That's the type of thing you can do quickly. And that's the ones we have invested in. In the rest, we explicitly said, we cannot support these right now but maybe in the future when we see a need for it.
0: And even to do that step, I think it's important for me to validate this and you can tell me if I'm wrong because I'd, I'd love to know, but I would presume you, fella heading up the product who understands AI, as well as probably other data scientists, and a lot of the subject matter experts, meaning the salespeople in the field, had to come together and build out those trees. Okay, under this circumstances, what realistically are they going to ask? Are they going to need? And then what's the best resource? Under this, what's the realistically, are they going to... The machine's not going to comb your FAQ and know all that stuff, right? Correct. You're going to have to Correct. have some kind of structuring for this, these uh, prompts. And that was a lot of strategic thinking up front, I would assume.
1: Absolutely. And also a lot of... Uh partnering with actual customers who want to try this out and help us train the system. We needed to understand how people speak. We needed to understand what type of things people want to do with this system and what would they trust and what would they not trust to do. At the end of the day, the the real problem is you're asking something that you don't actually see. You're not seeing it in front of your eyes, but you're asking it to make changes to a deal you're working on. And if the numbers are off, my God, that's going to be bad. So in order for you to trust it, I talked about this concept before, AI is never good enough as a standalone. It always has to be married to a wonderful user experience that gives you the ability to trust that whatever's happening is assisting you. It's not going to fully take the action until you say so, but it's assisting you in just Removing the tediousness of you having to know the system and allowing you to focus on what you do best, which is sell. If I know that the system is going to choose the right template for me to use when I'm generating the new quote, and all I need to do is say, yeah, looks good. Let's go. That saves me time. And that's UX married with AI. That's where we're successful.
0: Got it. Okay. Yep. And, and again, yeah, you need, to, you need the UX, you need the, the AI. You also need, I think, the strategic forethought around what are the ontologies and trees with yes. which this thing will handle. And that's not even necessarily totally. UI because it's an ugly old spreadsheet or di- a line diagram somewhere, but it's but it's so important, right? right? I mean, absolutely.
1: And that journey that we went through, so I, I was lucky enough to be there at the beginning of working on this product. There aren't a lot of best practices around those I out can there, imagine, yeah. especially not in the B2B space. Yeah. But it was an amazing journey with an amazing team where we got to think about all the different types of problems you're facing. What happens when somebody asks a yes-no question as opposed to asks for information? How do you handle it differently? And suddenly, we spun up a feature that knows how to handle question answering. Today, people expect that as in you go to Google and you type in, what's the weather in San Francisco? And Google is going to come back with an actual answer. It's not going to show you the search results. Yeah. So we built a layer for it in inside our tool. We built layers to understand that parsing of dates and how different business people talk about it. We built layers to understand what's called implicit references. Show me my quotes from last year. I didn't specify which field I'm talking about, but in the context of my company, when we say quotes from last year, we mean quotes that Their valid until date was last year or their creation date was last year. We built those layers because we understand in Conga, we understand how people talk about their quotes, how people talk about their contracts. We just married it with AI and great user experience to surface that to users. Hence, you're not boiling the ocean.
0: Yeah, yeah. Context specificity is, it's going to help you not boil the ocean and make things possible. It's also going to be your differentiator and and part of the hard work that goes into these projects. So you've done a great job of highlighting that. I know that's all we have for time, but Gilad, thank you again so much for being able to be here with us. For sure.
1: Thank you very much.
0: That's all for this episode. A big thanks to Gilad for being able to join us for this show and a big thanks to you for listening all the way through. We certainly appreciate it. If you want to be able to support the show, then be sure to follow us on social. It means a lot. We've seen our Twitter handle grow a lot in the last six months since we started mentioning social at the end of the podcast. We've seen our LinkedIn following and engagement start to grow since we've mentioned it. I don't know why I didn't do it earlier, but it's a lot of fun to hear ideas from you all and to keep the conversation rolling. It also definitely helps us to support the show and to learn More about what you're interested in. So find us just at at EMERJ on Twitter or Emerge Artificial Intelligence Research on LinkedIn or on Facebook. You can follow us there and get all of our latest episodes, but also engage with us there. It's a lot of fun to talk to Emerge Plus members, talk to our subscribers, people all around the world with different kinds of job titles interested in putting AI in action. Building that community is a big focus for us in 2021, and we'd like for you to be part of it. So go ahead and follow us on social if you haven't already. And otherwise, thanks again for being a listener. I look forward to catching you in our next episode coming up on Thursday here on the AI and Business Podcast.